abide by this fucking recording session happening in my fucking kitchen. Space beef like, band, like, god damn like, it. She's hungry for Mongolia barbecue and dick. Basically, what's gonna happen is every week we're gonna offer to suck Mark and Turn for words. Steve, yeah, do you okay. realize how bad of an idea this was? This is an idiotic show. This is our episode. Yeah, exactly. How bad should boys? Like, what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? Oh, we gotta be over here. here. <laughs> like, as a friend, <laughs> as a friend, come on, guys. An incredibly poor decision and literally betrays everything that the beef sesh is about. We go hard. Beef and gear. Beef. Oh, nice. <laughs> it better be beefing. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome back to the show. We had a thing. We had a little break with, uh, we had John come up and talk with us, and that was cool to have him. And now we just have Ted. Yeah. Siegel. Yeah. Front, ma- front brother. Front brother. Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Co-brother. Co-brother. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I don't know if John even likes older brother, you know. Yeah, he had nice things to say. Oh, yeah? He did. All right, good. <laughs> he, he said he didn't really want to do any other solo projects, even though I, I tried to talk him into a couple. Uh, but well, um, how are you doing, Ted? Loyal. I'm doing good. I'm it's doing good really to, good. It's I'm, good to I'm, see I'm, you. We just had a delicious meal. How was it? It was very beefy. Good. It, it that, was, that's what we want. Good. Steve's tri-tip brings the beef. We, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Awesome. I'm glad. I'm really glad to. I'm. I'm when I really like to. I really hope I. I impress. I want. I want Ted's approval when it comes to beef. <laughs> He's a fellow beef master. A fellow beef master. Yeah, well, yes, I have. Uh, I'm no stranger to the, uh, the ways of the beef. That's why you're here, <laughs> <laughs> among other reasons. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking a little barbecue because that's that's you know we. Do. Oh hell yeah! All right, good. And we'll be talking. Um, yeah, we, we got a trip planned uh, next year where we're going to be uh, sampling a lot of different beef. We need so some we, pointers, we're nice. need some recommendations, and some advice. Oh, cool! Oh, I'm always trying to get barbecue talk into interviews, but nobody, unless we're in Texas. No, yeah. <laughs> if we're in Texas on the radio, then everybody wants to talk about barbecue. <laughs> There's no problem with it. We're, you're, I'm at a, you know, it's a different show because we we actually hang out on and off the music scene, and we we you know I'm actually kind of you know an associate at times in your studio. So like, you trying to say you're my friend, Steve? I'm your friend. I don't think you can. No, Ted, I don't, you're I don't my think friend. You're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we uh, <laughs> we have spent uh, spent some hours behind a, a mixing board or preamps and. Doing some recording we together. We talked to shop. Uh, we went to college together. Yes, we did. College. Yep. College boys. So. Um, yep. So this interview, this this talk, it's not really an interview. We're just going to have a discussion, and we're going to have, have a good time. Okay. It's a lot different than the radio shows. You can actually uh, dish your hatred of Munford, Munford and Sons. <laughs> you can talk shit about whoever the hell you, you can want. You can talk shit about whoever you want. <laughs> Steven asked me about that. You can go hard as fuck. Anything goes. Yeah. And what were we talking about when we were talking when that whole Mumford and Sons thing came up? You were like telling there was somebody that asked me what I thought of Mumford and Sons and I was like, I still think this. I'm happy that they pop they repopularized our genre. I thought that was a I thought that was a PC move out to so you didn't actually have to can't I mean there's things there's artists who I dislike more. Well, there's always Do gonna tell. be someone worse than Mumford and Sons. <laughs> I don't know, they're not so bad. I I think it's strange that we have to be repeatedly resold our own music as Americans. There, but it's, it's, you know, I was having this. Yeah. John was mentioning that they weren't very Americana, and I kind of agree with them. Yeah. Because it's very British. Everything has a very like it's a very British country. Yeah. Scene. There's Not, also this other yeah. element that's going on in their music that you see with the Black Keys too, which I don't is like, it's like, oh, the people who are. Um, you know, who are, are our age, mm-hmm. who are their demographic, people who are like in their mid 20s and early 30s. We, like us, we grew up listening to um, hip hop. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was in, and dance music was like in our periphery, even if we weren't oh, yeah. like actively listening to it. Yeah, we were either actively listening to it or we were like, oh, born in the wrong generation. Like, oh, I hate the top yeah. 40. <laughs> it's like one or the other. 
back yeah. in middle school. Yeah. Totally, but it was like this thing. So I've always felt like bands like like Mumford and Sons and Black Keys, like they're trying to like there's always this element of they're making real things music, kind of you know? dancey. Real yeah. instruments. You know? Yeah. Like so it's like blues or Americana, but it has this like slight little pinch of like almost like hip hop or 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 like dance music in it. Yeah. The- which you really hear in Mumford and Sons and and, and to a pretty good degree in the Black Keys. Which I don't think necessarily is a bad thing. But it's the just kind of like I don't think it is too much. Yeah, not a bad thing. That is. I mean, it's just it depends on how you look at it. I don't know. I've kind of softened on the whole thing. I don't. I don't. I it was don't. more of a razz about like you know, your all <laughs> other interviews on radio shows of how you have to be nice to them and stuff like that. It's yeah. Well, you, you know. just don't want to piss anybody off, I guess. But they you can piss people off on this show. I'm I'm pretty sure you and maybe five other people listen to this. I think, okay. we've, I think we've got up to 10 to yeah, 15 to 10? that have heard it. Okay. Maybe maybe 20 that have heard it. So about we were, just we were, above we uh, kindergarten class has heard this. I don't know if you want to brag about that on the show, man. Well, you <laughs> know, you got to be in the know to listen to the show. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, what you're saying is like a spinal tap thing? Like your audience is selective? Selective, correct. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but they, uh, uh, I was listening to your show, man. Yeah, we were I in was, Georgia. I was surprised, and you know, we, we think our show's good. It's just the, you know, it it's it's hard to get it out there. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we, no. we don't mean to you know talk down about it, but you know, I don't. I don't oh no, I'm just being funny. Yeah. I, I, I know what you guys mean. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I I live. This show exists for people to talk shit on me. So that that you know, there's half the people in the we show. We have people lining up who want to get on the show and talk just, shit to talk Steve. Talk shit so. to Steve. Yeah, yeah. So we we I gotta mean, get them on the show. I don't know if you've heard the episodes with. Um, Terry Gross, Ultimate Adversary? No, I didn't hear that. I got to listen to more episodes. I listened to David Sparrow because I was like, I had to hear that one. Yeah. Because yeah. I love David so much. And yeah, Dave was great. He was yeah, great. he's such a good guy. And um, and I just wanted to hear it. I, I was feeling a little homesick. You know, we were like yeah. in fucking Georgia, driving through the God knows where in the middle of the night. And, and it was really nice to just like, be in your living room listening to you guys just shoot the shit with David <laughs> yeah. Sparrow. That was you know? a hot day, too. That oh, was... God. I was sweating so bad during that interview. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys do it during out. the daytime? No, it was at night. It was worse. <laughs> but Jesus. we were hanging out all day, and I was making marks. And, you know, by the time you have your third one, you just start sweating. You know, you start to come up a little bit after you wait a little. And yeah, tequila, just... yeah. That was the first time we implemented the menu as we know it. Nice. And he asked for a pulled pork sandwich, so I had to, and I was, and most of my smokes have been late. Like, oh shit, I gotta get gone unless I'm gonna put it in there and like wait six hours, you know, make it make That's it. That's how right. it always is, man. And so we were, it took a little bit of time. I tried to get more people to show up because you know these beef sessions. We try to get sometimes, like last week with Gabby, we had Gabby Dizidi on. Oh, that was great. And that was one of those things where where Ryan. Pressman wanted her to actually experience what a beef session is, which is basically we go to like his house, and or, yeah, it's it's got to be someone who's not living with their folks if you want to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. So. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> not to say this isn't nice, but so, you know, a little so different what environment. You, what environment. Do you, what do you have, what, okay, so what does it entail? So uh, <laughs> basically, a lot of you know trips back from the kitchen to the outside outside area a lot of you know smoking drinking weed all kinds of you know not, not like hardcore but just like back and forth and like real loud and just to the point where you know if parents saw that they'd like question like are you guys okay like it's a lot <laughs> like it, it's like half the bottle there you know <laughs> it's like it's nothing you know <laughs> So it's just a level that you know I don't I wouldn't be, feel comfortable doing around your mom you know probably would too feel uncomfortable yeah i think you would yeah but um that that's just you know the uh the it's it's nice you know we all gather around and put on songs we like we'll take shots to songs and we'll throw darts and whatever it's just kind of like a, a kickback that's also centered around you know some of steve's beef which worked out real nice. That was my contribution. I don't really drink. No, vodka. yeah, Steve, Steve's. I'm not a vodka person. <laughs> no, New well, you guys New talk Amazon's about amazing. beef. It sounds so sexual. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, it's drugs and Steve's when beef. Someone, yeah. When someone's, you know, you're like, like, you guys all like blown this Steve. Is, yeah, this I'm is. fine with that impression. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ted, how was the tour? <laughs> 
Uh, well, there wasn't any involved. <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Never mind. Unsubscribe. <laughs> no, it was good, man. Um, it was good. It was. Uh, it was. It was. It How was long was it? Three months. Dang. Yeah, it was. It was That's definitely awesome. our best tour yet. I would say. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, it was good. It was. It was. It was the most lucrative, whatever the hell that means for us. You know, mm. not still not really rolling. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, our the most shows we've ever played on a single tour. Uh, played for larger audiences than we ever had. More fans than we ever have. It was good. It was just. It was a little longer to be away from home than I really wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does seem like it would get to you after a little while. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of getting to me. I, you know, a lot of musicians they don't they don't they. They choose the lifestyle of doing what they're doing because they don't they don't like being at home, right? You know they don't like where they live or they don't like their whatever. That's not true for everybody. That's kind of sure. A no, but that's a common thing. You it's hear. a common thing, and and uh, I you know I like home. Yeah, I like where I live. You I live like, in what I hear. Nice you have home. a very nice home. So I do. I love where I live. I love my little bungalow I live in with my girlfriend, and I love. Uh, her and my cat and my barbecue and it sounds like you got it pretty made there you know like that's, that's <laughs> pretty, a sweet spot yeah it's pretty sweet man it's really nice and being up at the studio and be having the piece to one of the really hard things to do on the road is is uh to write music it can be really oh tough. i bet actually that was a question i had is like is well, you're always big about the song as it, as yeah. it exists so i wanted to know if that was like because I mean, you were telling me a while back that you were churning out songs like on the road. Like, yeah, yeah, I definitely wrote more. I mean, I I've been trying to write more this year um, than I ever have, and I have. I've probably written maybe forty or fifty songs this year, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, you know, only a f- handful of them will make the cut to be on the record, but. It's really hard for me to write on the road because I need like I need just like quiet and I need yeah. isolation and I need sleep. Yeah, you know, these are kind of all things that you don't get. It was <laughs> cool. We, we had a couple of days off in Denver and we like uh, we got this good deal on a really nice hotel room that was in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the middle of the night, I, you know, I'm always up in the middle of the night, and I realized that they had these giant like uh, ballrooms in the lobby. Oh. that were just vacant. And so I just hit up the front desk and I just said, hey, can I just go like sit and hang out and play guitar in one of those ballrooms, you know? And right. so they just give me like this giant room I could just go sit in by mm. myself. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really nice. And they were huge rooms. They sounded really nice. They're really echoey, reverberating, um, you know? And... Um, and we were in Denver playing the, uh, the Blues and Brews Festival. So we just had like one or two gigs in this four-day period. So it was like every night I could just go in there for like, you know, hours, you know. That's the other thing, too, is it's like when I, a lot of times when I write, it's like you get into this weird vacuum where it seems like you're just going into there to write for maybe 20 or 30 minutes or something. And then before you know it, you've been writing for like five hours, you know. Mm-hmm. And I need to, like, have as much time as I want. If I feel like I don't have enough time, that like, takes me forever. If I feel like I have all the time in the world, then, uh, you know, then it only takes me five hours or whatever. Or I should just say it gets done at all, you know. Right, right. right. Yeah, I've just huh. been trying to really show up for it, you know, for rating. It's like, uh, you're right, you're totally right. It is really important to me. I just feel like it's my legacy as a musician, you know. Mm-hmm. It seems sometimes to me like the only thing that's important. I've I've been enjoying the new phase of, of what you're you're doing since the last couple albums. Like it seems to be very Barrel House Boy and and it it's very almost it's almost it's uh, it's very it's the more it's the most observational writing I've seen in a long time. Oh, you mean like, for me? Yeah, for you. It's like it's not yeah. it's not nearly as and I don't know if it's autobiographical or not, but it seemed to be more third person looking at where you've been where you've been going yeah i mean i've been trying to just like it's so limiting to write only about yourself Mm -hmm. and it's so limiting to write like only from the perspective of first person you know i mean one of my favorite writers ever of course is bob dylan i love bob dylan i've had like this he feel i've listened to his music so much 
and through so much of my life that he feels like he's like a, my uncle or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really weird because I, I have all these phases of my life that I listen to his music in, and, and I appreciated it in different ways. One thing I've been learning from him lately, especially with like his later albums in the late 60s, early 70s, is he has this way of writing where he doesn't allow himself to be restricted by point of view or uh, personal experience, you know? Yeah. He'll write, um, he'll have songs that he'll change point of view mid-song, and they're, they're, they're all just things that, they're all situations that he's created to get across some sort of uh, point. Okay. You know? Yeah. So it's like, that's, when you, th when I think, when I realized that he was doing that, it was really liberating for me because I felt like I could write all, about all this shit that I couldn't write about before because mm -hmm. I hadn't had that life experience or I hadn't or I was I was worried about how it would it it would the song would make people perceive me. You know, I know yeah. that sounds worried really if it was weird. authentic or something. Or... Yeah. You know, it's just like sometimes you just I mean, Jake does it too, the white buffalo. He's just the, the guy we've played with a bunch, and oh, okay. he, he'll write, like, um, we were having dinner with him uh, a couple months ago, and on his last album, there's a song that I really love called Chico, and it's about um, this guy who's going to meet up with this guy who's who's a drug dealer that's right on the other side of the Mexican border. Okay. And, um, and he's going to meet this guy, Chico, and he's worried about Chico. Like, he's worried about meeting this guy. He has sketchy dealings with him. It's this incredibly vivid story, and he shows up to to meet Chico, and Chico's been murdered in this really graphic way. Mm -hmm. And it's this really cool, really interesting song. I, yeah. Check it out if you haven't heard it. And so I'm I guessing asked, Jake hasn't, you know, dealt with like yeah, uh, sketchy like, drug dealers in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how the fuck did you come up with this idea, man? What the hell is Chico about? Because usually when something's that vivid, it's usually at least something maybe he read about in an in an article or yeah, something. Right. And he's just like, he like had this big shit eating grin on his face. And he's like, <laughs> I just made it up. Man. <laughs> nice. And I was like, yes, dude. <laughs> Fuck yes. You know, because if you sit around and wait um, for things to be true or for you to experience, you're going to have a really low output as a songwriter. Yeah, it's definitely and it's going to be so limiting. You know, and I just hear it time and time again with writers, you know, um, I went to this seminar one time with this writer who was uh, who wrote for Britney Spears and all these people, and he was he said something that really stuck with me. He said, "Never let the truth get in the way of you writing a good song," which I really uh, yeah, that really I'd like with stuck that. with me. You know, I mean, there is times where you want it to be authentic. You you don't want it to be inauthentic. You know, and there's times when you want to write st about stuff that you've personally experienced. Yeah, but music isn't journalism. You know, it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know this like perfect and integrity yeah kept up yeah. you know <laughs> it's yeah. it's definitely more important to get the song better totally totally and just well i think it's ultimately just to get, it get it comes to a point where it's more important to get to 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 get across a, an idea or an emotion than it is mm -hmm. to um to write about like something super specific and that every detail of it was true you know, it's like you just want to make people feel a way. Right. You know, then like so it's really interesting. I love it, man. I mean, I every almost every time I'm interviewed I about wherever I am, people ask about songwriting and I really never get sick of talking about it yeah. because it's such an interesting topic. And it's like um, it just to me, it just seems like whatever situation I'm in, whether I'm listening to another artist or I'm hanging out with another band or I'm doing stuff with our shit. It just, to me, it's like, it's just like if the songs are not there, I just don't care. I'm not yeah. interested in it. It's like, you have to have good songs or else you're just like, you're just standing on a pile of bullshit. You know, I mean, it, it, that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's I interesting because you know, I, I take a very different approach to music. And so it's cool to hear the perspective of someone, you know, that's yeah. very song oriented. Yeah, no, I know. I know that that's not the case for everyone. And I'm sure there's circumstances where that I could look at where I could disprove myself. I mean, you know, sure. But I, I think in general, like I, the point you're making is very clear to me. And, you know, it's just some people approach music differently like myself. So it's, yeah. it's just cool to hear that. So I, I yeah. don't mean to agree or disagree at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just 
I know sometimes, like, especially I, when it comes to everything in my life, I can be a little extreme, you know. From time oh, to I, 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 I wish more people were. It'd be more interesting. <laughs> I'd rather have, and this is one of the things I love about it, is that you have these, like, great, strong opinions. And I don't really have to, I can agree with them or disagree with them, but I like that you at least have the stance. Or you have the <laughs> balls to tell me that stance. Yeah, not everybody, people can be kind of lukewarm. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy to look back on, though. There's some things that I look back. I can, like, I feel it when I hear myself saying it. I'll say something that I feel really strongly about, and I'll uh-huh. be like, I'm never going to change my mind about it, and this is what <laughs> I think. And even as I'm saying it, I'm thinking back to all the times that I said things like that, <laughs> and then later in my life realized I was totally wrong. You know, <laughs> there's nothing well, wrong with that either. <laughs> so, no. like, so, but I don't know. I, I, I love self-aware. getting proved wrong and <laughs> yeah. learning. There's a lot of people who are not self-aware. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it's part of being a musician is just being willing to be wrong sometimes. But definitely. I don't know with songwriting. I don't know if I'll change my mind about that. You but, sure? It's it's <laughs> and it's funny because I I don't have and i've been in that you know when he did the songwriters club back in school yeah yeah that i was not really writing then i yeah. kind of i was up and down every time i tried to put something together it ends up being sarcastic or sardonic or funny or i'm because i end up trying to not every time i'm being serious i kind of hate it i i remember you and, bringing a song in though there was one song that you completed it was the it, it was, was like on piano yeah it was the apathy song yeah, I thought that and, was actually yeah. really good. I like that song. I, I appreciate that. That was one of our best, you know, yeah. song songs. That you was, know, that, that were, was the one time when Eric and I first started playing in like 2010 uh, spring. Yeah, it was probably that summer you wrote that, huh? I no, I, I came up with it like in the spring. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. was really impressed by that. I, I I thought that was really cool that you had like. I appreciate it. Like, what what was so cool about that for me was that I could see that like being you weren't necessarily someone that was really seeking to be a writer. Yeah. But the the being and showing up to that club every week had 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 an impact on you and motivated you to write, which I thought was really cool. You yeah. Know? I was really happy that I feel like there's there's this weird part of me that I know it would probably suck if it was reality. But there's like this weird part of me that feels like everyone should have the experience of writing a song, you know, I mean, it's always going to be a good experience you know many many people may not get anything out of it but i think there's a lot of people that don't know they would get something out of it because it just doesn't seem like something they could do or something that they would benefit from but i think so well i repeatedly hear from people just what you were just talking about where people say that like they they try and write songs and then they just everything that they come up with is you know for whatever reason they can't get all the way out of it you know and it's just like I don't know. I've always, I feel the same way about songwriting as I do about engineering, where like the people that do it, a lot of the gatekeepers and people who've been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. they have this mentality where they act like it's much harder than it is, <laughs> you know, because it makes them look better. Yeah. It makes them look better. And they, and they, they don't, they don't want it. They don't want everybody doing it. And they yeah. probably burn. I get it. They probably know? politi- both politically and eth- like work ethic probably worked their tail off to get to that spot. Yeah, where they were, they got to get those gigs, and so the it wasn't necessarily the technology or the technique, but it may have been just the ascension they had to to maneuver their way up to get those gigs. Well, and I think the thing that a lot of people like that don't realize, engineering wise and songwriting wise, is that if you took a different stance on that, which is just yeah, you want to be a songwriter, you want to be an engineer, yeah, you should get a get a rig, try and do it, get yeah. a guitar, try and write a song, is that a lot of people still wouldn't be able to hack it even if oh, they no. wanted yeah. to yeah. do it. And so they wouldn't be able to hack it. And, but then the experience that they went through of trying would make them respect the profession all that much more, you know, that's true. As opposed to just sitting on your high horse and being like, well, don't even fucking try. Don't even attempt it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like, that's that really, it's really, uh, that's always irritated me. It seems to be more abundant with, audio engineers where they have this vibe like you you you, oh you want to like go out and buy a rig and shit oh you shouldn't even try that (laughs) don't even you need millions of dollars worth of shit to even record a demo yeah you know it's like come on man that's just a bunch of bullshit that's selling their excuse (laughs) for them to you know use their services and not 
No, it's a business tactic too. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's kind of an annoying thing yeah. that I, that's always really irritated me. I always liked engineers that took the attitude like you know, there's guys out there like Pensado and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this is kind of a weird crossover. I, I I see a lot of similarities between being a songwriter and being an audio engineer. There's 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 definitely some crossovers, but yeah, um, but I don't know with songwriters. I just think it's really about just like with songwriting, be getting good at it. It's just about showing up to it and doing it. Yeah, I think there's you know? a like Malcolm Gladwell is not too far off with the just trial and error and track. You know, just keep working yeah. at it. Yeah, I I've kind of learned in the in recently that taking a comedic approach to writing is kind of where I feel better about it, or yeah. I feel more confident in, or just it just does it's the do what makes you feel good concept. Of just like oh I I feel more in tune if I just like embrace the the more uh, sarcastic approach to at least lyrically even 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 musically you know having like kind of vibe yeah well and I think it. the thing is too is like maybe if you're frustrated and you don't want to be just writing comedic songs you might if you just show up and you write all the comedic songs you're gonna write you're eventually gonna be writing so much that you're just gonna write something different yeah it's very hard to steer yourself into what you're going to be writing true true. you know so i stopped trying to do that i'll go and i'll like you know sit down and i'll be like i want to write like a batch of rock tunes and then i'll write like five ballads (laughs) i'll be like all right well it's just not if i would have really tried hard to write rock songs in that situation i probably would have just written nothing right so it's better i'm better off that i've like sometimes a lot of the you know, my favorite songs I've written were were songs where I was writing. I, I I had no intention of writing what I ended up writing. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, it's just fuck it. Just show up and do it. You know. Just yeah. So that I think this is some advice we could probably take. Yeah. We could use some more songs. <laughs> just beef it. Just do it. Man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I always take that attitude about it. So, but yeah. Uh, what? Going back to what we were talking about on the road. Yeah. It's hard for me to be able to write. And for me, writing is like, I, 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 it makes me feel like I've been productive. Mm-hmm. It makes me, um, uh, and, and it's like, it's like the, it's like this really in depth therapy for me. So I can't, like, if I don't get to do it for long periods of time, I just get really bummed out. You know, it's really difficult for me to deal with that. So I have to, like, uh, you gotta go to a ballroom and fucking jam yeah, out. Five hours. Yeah, you know, I'm always trying to find places where I can like every time we get an opportunity to do that. We went um we had some really cool experiences on this last tour that were not performances too. We like one of the places I got to do a lot of writing was we got we have these friends, um, who the guy who produced our last Like Your Brother, you know, Tommy. Yeah. You know Tommy well. He has these friends that live out in this area of rural New Mexico called Rama. It's this really interesting place. It's way out in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. Nice. It's in between Zuni and Navajo reservations. There's this little strip of land that's in between these two massive reservations um, where there's like, you know, a couple, like this very small community of farmers. And you're two hours away from like the nearest market. You're way out, you know. And we got this two-story house that... People buy land there and they buy homes there because it's very inexpensive. You can oh, buy, I bet. <laughs> yeah, you can buy an acre of land for like fifteen hundred dollars. So people have vacation homes there, and they're they're when you go and visit there, you can find a million places where you can hang out and stay for a couple of days. Nice. So we got this house, and we were just able to just <clears throat> you know be out in the middle of nowhere That's playing. Awesome. And then when Tommy came, Tommy came and met us there. And we got to experience this really amazing thing, which is we got to go see, a, um, we got to go onto the reservation and witness a Zuni rain dance, oh, which shit. was really amazing. Yeah, it was really, I, I, I didn't realize how intense it would be. We we came up, We you walk into the middle of the reservation. Well, I mean, it's New Mexico. It better be intense, you know. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. getting a lot over there. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I always, it's so funny because when, like, we just we go to New Mexico all the time on tour because it's just like along the route. And right. I always hated New Mexico. <laughs> when we drive into it, they, they have this sign that says "Land of Enchantment." And I'm always like, "Land of Enchantment, my ass!" <laughs> you know, I'm not. I was never impressed with it. But in subsequent visits, but yeah, I this dance we witnessed was just incredible. It was fantastic. Uh, it was like hundreds of dancers, um, wow. and all these uh, 
native, you know, all these really uh, beautiful tribal outfits. And we were like three or four of non-native people that were there. So it was like we were witnessing something that was really like for them, not for us. You know, and uh, it was like a fly on the wall experience. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, Tommy's friends that took us to it, they told us they were like, if there's native people there and they want to they want to watch, you have to yield to them. Make Mm -hmm. sure that they they get you do not stand in front of them, which was kind of an interesting experience for me. Like I, I was thinking like, wow, there's actually a situation where like I'm not the most important person here, you know? <laughs> I kind of like uh, like yielding uh, yielding my white privilege for a minute. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was kind of you don't like... You see it often. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like this is something for them. Right. You know, and I'm just here to just, you know, take it in. But there's a lot of jokes. I think Fireside Theater used to make fun. We would just joke about like the... Uh, make fun of all the hippies and all the... Um, people that came to reservations for tourist purposes like ooh, yeah do a rain dance tipping on you know like it was sort of a there was a little radio st- like a stint on one of their albums that was all about the plight of the native american yeah from the spanish to like the test the nuclear nuclear testing and like onward and oil and all that sort of stuff it was well it was kind of interesting to hear about with these zunis because they're one of the few tribes that's never been moved off of the piece of land they originally settled on. Oh, okay. They've wow. lived there for like thousands of years. It's really interesting. And they they didn't do their dances for, they stopped for many decades because uh, during the Inquisition, the Spanish w- like did horrible things to the Zuni to, to make them uh, Christian. Right. They would like do all sorts of terrible, like torture them and do all sorts of terrible things. Oof. And so their tradition kind of died out. And then there was this resurgence of it when there was all in the 60s, there was all these like hippies that would come during big um, Zuni festival months to see the dances. Yeah. And it, it, it was like this weird thing where there was this resurgence of the dance to, to exist because of these people that weren't native that wanted to see it. <laughs> and now it's like completely cycled back over into right. this very traditional thing that doesn't involve outsiders. It's very cool. I, I'm not expect that. Yeah, uh. it was kind of isn't that that's like such an American story, <laughs> you know? <Right>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, uh, that's yeah, pretty it's, great. It's cool things like that that we got to witness um, when we were when we were on the road, and there's there's things like that that are outside of the music that like you're just like you get to experience the the country and the world in a way that a tourist never could. Yeah, you know, you get like inserted into all these things in this way that is just like like you wouldn't if you were just driving around the country with a map going, oh, let's go to the Zuni, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of cool, um, went to a lot of places we'd never been before, which was kind of cool. I thought we'd almost been everywhere, but we hadn't been to uh, Jackson, Mississippi, which was interesting. Yeah, how far east did you go? We went to, uh, I mean, we went all the way to the east coast. So we went to okay. New York City and... Dang. I mean, we pretty much hit... Yeah, you really did go everywhere then. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much hit everywhere between Massachusetts and, and Florida okay. on the way down the coast. We didn't go up as far as Maine. Right. We haven't done, like, Maine, Michigan, Wisconsin, that area we haven't done yet, but we'll, we'll get up there eventually. And then we're going to Europe for the first time next year, which oh, I'm really shit. excited about. And, Doing uh, a couple different countries, or just sticking to one? Yeah, we're uh, we're going to uh, Germany, Holland, Denmark, um, Sweden, and Norway. Nice. Oh, that'd be awesome! So, yeah, it should be. We have the first eight shows are booked: four in Holland and four in Germany. So, it should so you be. Can get uh, when you're out there, or just as it comes up, you'll get more. Uh, well, that's just he. It's it's in May, oh, so okay. he's still booking still, it. Yeah, that's. So this is like the the. the, the We'll probably book 30 shows, you know, and he's gotcha. done eight, first eight. So I don't mean to go on it. There's always like, I have this like autopilot that I hit when I go into <laughs> any kind of interview where I start just John rambling that, off all the shit that we're yeah. going to do because <laughs> like, right. you're supposed to do that. <laughs> but I don't know, even know if it really matters. It's in okay, this situation. we're going to cut most of that Zuni dance bit. I think I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it was going just... on a bit. <laughs> My favorite interview thing ever was John one time 
like he was doing these interviews for this newspaper uh-huh and um i was really sick and we we're on the road so i was like john just you fucking do it you know <laughs> and he doesn't ever do the interviews oh, okay you know? <laughs> nice and um so he like he there was this one newspaper that like they called him and i guess they were just really lazy or something and they they were just like look we're just gonna send you uh a list of questions and we want you to just write your answers to them and send them back to us and i think oh, my wow. brother was thinking that they were like gonna compose his answers into like an article you know <laughs> and not like just so he just sort of wrote like all these weird like kind of esoteric answers to all these questions <laughs> like they were like like one of the questions was like what's like hard what's hard about being on the road and he was like well there was this one time where we were in a swamp in Missouri. <laughs> my brother was sleeping in the car, and when I woke up in the morning, I looked through the window, and I thought I saw something glistening in the hot southern morning light, and it was the sweat on my brother's fat body. It's all this crazy shit. So then we like get to the, wherever the hell we were going, and I'm we're reading this article, and I'm like, Fat glistening on my. I'm like John. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? And he's like, I didn't think they'd print it. I, I thought they'd edit that out. I'm like, fucking. They just printed this shit. We look like we're like fucking nuts. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That's just made yeah. us look super crazy. You copy like, that? what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> just go off in these directions where you're just like, okay, this is like somebody like schizophrenic in the band. <laughs> fuck is he talking about that was just um that was pretty funny we definitely had some funny uh interview stuff i mean it's usually i think it's cool that you interview just my brother because uh, it's usually just me talking a lot and, and and uh i think it's cool to hear what john has to say we had a great conversation it was pretty interesting we it's talk- not because we don't like each other that's not why we didn't <laughs> interview together it's just because i, I think sp- you get I, more out of my brother if you interviewed him on his own i tried know? to spin it that way so what's going on <laughs> What's up with Ted, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another, oh, another funny thing I was going to add that my that me and my brother always gets asked, which is one of my least favorite questions, is interviewers always ask me and my brother while we're on tour. They always go, "So how do you and your brother? How are you and your brother getting along? How are you getting along? How are things in the car?" And, and I'm always like, "Fuck, man, don't. What do you What do you think we're gonna say? Like." I, we joke about this with the Zemeds too, like yeah. they get asked that of too. Of course, yeah. And it's like, what are you gonna say? Oh yeah, we're doing fucking great. We just we get up in the morning and I say hello, John. Well, hello, Ted. Isn't it just a wonderful day? Let's get in the car and go to the next gig. No, there's times when it's fucked up, you know. It's not always gonna be perfect. And we don't really want to talk about the status of our relationship in every interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I basically, like, yeah. It's you know. It's three guys cramped up in a in a small size SUV. Yeah, with a with a limited budget and a tight schedule. Yeah, it's not always going to be. It's just you put Riding them for miles and put, miles. Put, put put people like that in a situation who are the best friend best friends, oh, yeah. and there's going to be problems. So to ask people shit like that is just stupid. You know, is from 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 an interviewee to an interviewer, Stephen. Oh. You ever get a touring group? Don't ask them shit like that. I don't think we ever would. We, we, we'd sooner <laughs> ask them their opinion, uh, our trap's gay. <laughs> so. Much better choice of, oh, of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we are uh, doing like a, an easy rider style trip to Mardi Gras, except in my minivan, not on motorcycles, but we're taking the 10 all the way. <laughs> way less badass. It's the 50th yeah. anniversary, yeah. We're, we're doing, yeah. Easy Rider is one of my favorite movies. It's pretty f- favorite of yours. Oh yeah, great movie. And and we're oh, we're yeah, doing the Mardi Gras yeah. trip to New Orleans, uh, you know. Except we won't probably sell Phil Spector a bag of Coke. Yeah, if it. I find a bag of Coke, you know, if I someone wants to buy it, I will that. sell it. But I don't. Yeah. I don't think Phil Spector <laughs> will be buying. That's such a great. There's no dialogue in the entire first <laughs> 15 minutes of that sec- section of them going to Mexico, <laughs> picking up the Coke, selling it to like. Uh, Phil Spector and his bodyguard on the on the back of LAX on that one. Everybody knows where that is too, where the planes are going down. Right, right. Off like Phil Phil Spector probably that like that was not such a stretch for him. I'm sure he like no. 
That was probably, I think that was probably real Coke and that was his real bodyguard. That was his real bodyguard. <laughs> real that Coke. was his real limo. That was really him. So, I mean, because... He probably did really snort that later. He probably really did snort that later. And he did really shoot that check later, too. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder about know. Phil Spector. I'm always like, what is that guy doing? Like, if I sent him one of my albums, would he, like, check it out? <laughs> I mean, what does he have to do right now? What is he doing with his time at this point? He could listen to a Delta's album. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> He's like, no, needs more, needs more uh, reverb, needs more wall of sound. More strings. Yeah. So, uh, Ted, you clearly know your beef. Yeah, you passed the beef test. (laughs) Do you really know your beef? There's there's multiple kinds of beef. beef. We we are the providers uh, uh, of the exclusive experience known as the beef and lifestyle. Is this the part where you guys whip your cocks out, man? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if so, I'm not this, down. <laughs> that, that's our ex- not at all. That's our ex- <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Not that's that. our exclusive Patreon uh, yeah, exclusive. That's, uh, uh, all right, all right. That's our gay pants wrestling I had to crack a joke there. I no, couldn't help great. myself. All right, yeah, so, okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you, we're going to throw some names out there and some some things out there, and you're going to say if they are... Uh, beef. If they beef it in nature, or in its in its, are they a beefer? That might not they mean that they eat beef, but you know, like, do they represent? Do they bring to life what beef brings to you know the meat like section? You know, like beef is clearly you know. I, I I know what you guys mean. Yeah, yeah. these are yeah, people you, that you get it. These are these are the, the people that you know don't give a fuck. You know, pretty pretty confident. Like, so what do I have to say? Beefer or not? Beefer we'll or you. not? Okay. Yeah. All right, shoot. Beefer or no beefer? Let's just start it out with an easy one. Okay. Willie Nelson. Oh, beefer for sure, man. That would be correct. OG songwriter, Texan. Dude, this man has eaten a lot of smoked <laughs> beef. Yeah. That's a no Just, just his weed laws alone. I mean, he is smoked. <laughs> he, he literally is a smoked piece of, piece of beef. He's a smoked beefer. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, we had to throw in a couple, you know. Yeah. Soft that's a, that's, that's a keep, gimme. And keep in mind, it's also their 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 output and their uh, uh, personalities would come into play here. Oh yeah. Okay. So like okay. like it's not like they I, these people might be vegetarian. I didn't know, but like. Oh yeah, I mean Willie. I'm sure Willie doesn't eat as much beef as he used to, but right. he's definitely a beefer. Exactly. So okay, I okay. think that's that. We're, you know, we'll easy into this thing. Okay. Um, let's see. Phil Collins. Not a beefer, dude. No Ooh. way, man. No way, dude. The dude is, he is. If you sing one time, if you're a drummer and you sing at a concert in front of people and you're a drummer and you don't play drums and you sing through a headset, you are not a beefer. <laughs> you are not a beefer, dude. If you use a headset one time, you're not a beefer, dude. Like like a headset, like a like headphones or like a like a headset. Like a headset, like one one like a Backstreet Boys kind of thing, man. Peter Gabriel did that, so I'm gonna disagree with him. There. He's not a beefer either, man. You know, I'll, I'll agree with Ted on that one. <laughs> but I'm sticking by my boy Phil. I never said he was, Phil. but I'm just a big Peter Gabriel fan. <laughs> yeah. Phil Collins is a beefer. Well, you know, we'll, we'll we'll have we'll have we'll tally it up. Oh, okay. your score All at right, the end. Never mind. He's a yes on our check, but. But well, I don't lost, know. Lost beat six approved. I, I don't. I, I I'm I'm seriously in question of this list now. If <laughs> Phil Collins is a beefer, he is not a beefer, dude. Like for sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's parts of beef that you know. We we know you know what, a certain part of the what beef. makes him beefy. This song this song doesn't convince you that he knows how to beef it. Like I don't know. This is some jamming shit. This is that like beef in eighties, living hard lifestyle. I'm not hearing it, man. <laughs> not not digging it. That picture, he looks like he's looking at a piece of iceberg lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> this man is not a beefer. <laughs> Alright, sorry, we, we gotta <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> that, that was too funny That was great 
Sorry, man. I'm not convinced. Okay, that's that's fair. Well, this is this is a this is a okay. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Yeah. It's <sighs> a tough one. I would say Beefer. We said no. No, why not? Because I don't think I've ever heard anything really beefing from Dave Grohl. The guy you know? is so funny and personable, but like he's a really nice well, guy. You know, you know what he's like, man? Like, cause I'm thinking like when I think in beefer, I'm thinking like quality of beef. Like you are a piece of beef. <laughs> and That's... he definitely has like Dave Grohl, man. He's like, I mean, I love Nirvana. I love what he did in Nirvana. Um, I don't really care for the Foo Fighters very much. They're a little generic. Yeah. But dude, the dude is very passionate. He's very humble and he's a hardworking dude. He's beefy. He's beefy, man. He's got a beefiness. It might not be the kind of beef that I like to eat, <laughs> but he's a beefer. You know, uh, I agree with you on the Foo Fighters part, for sure. Yeah. Definitely, definitely generic. You know, I never really cared for the, the drums on Nirvana that much, but I will say, you know, it was, I mean, obviously that's a lot better than Foo Fighters. But, I mean, I don't know if his passion for music is something I would call beefy oh, it's pretty beefy man i mean it's like it's like it's like a for love of the game kind of thing you know like he's he's in it to win it man he's like he's like a. I haven't like, seen him like use that neve console like since a, he bought it he's like a two buck chuck burger man like it's just like <laughs> he's getting in there he's playing the game man you know it's not like you're not gonna serve up two buck chuck you know to your you know woman of your dreams on the night that you ask her to marry you. <laughs> sure. But sure. you're going to eat it. This is actually <laughs> far more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, this is this. this I was expecting like boom, 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 you know. Just yeah. like, oh, dude, yeah. beefer, man? This is no joke, man. It, it, that's true. You you're know, either I... a beefer or not. And, okay. And okay. Dave, Dave Grohl's beefer, but he he's squeaking by. Okay. He's squeaking. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Hank Williams. Oh. Junior. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, man. I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to say not be for dude. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, cool. That's, yeah, we, we yeah, agree. Going with that it's one. really sad that I have to do that, but I don't think that's sad because at all. his dad was such a beefer. Oh yeah, and even all his time. son his, Hank yeah. the Third is kind of pretty much a beefer, but he's kind of a piece of shit, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Yeah, no, no, no. This is we are in agreement here. Yeah, yeah, do, not, no. do not apologize for agreeing with us. Yeah, because <laughs> mm. yeah, Hank Hank Williams is, is a beefer. Hank Williams Jr. is a queaver. <laughs> yeah, I always have to tell people, I'm like, we're like, hey, you want to hear a Hank Williams song? The uh, the brilliant songwriter, not the stupid redneck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. I want to hear the guy, like, the, when you were in Nashville, you're like, yeah, over there, that's when you just would get drunk and just shit face and then go sing up the Grand Ole Opry. He's like, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, dude, he's, Hank Sr. is, is the... Is he's the definition of beefer, dude. <laughs> Him and Willie are like as beefy as it gets, man. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. I'm going to have to say not a beefer, dude. I think yeah. we are in agreement. Yeah. We, we thought about it. Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs are so good, but, you know, like there's... The guy, oh, he's a, he's a great, great director, you great, know, but... Great director, great movies. I mean, Pulp Fiction is one of my favorite movies, but it's just not... Beefy dude. No, he, really he's isn't. he's a little no, too uptight, not... neurotic, and almost kind of uh, obnoxious. Oh uh, yeah, he's more of like a dude. If I had to like equate him to a food, he'd be like fucking some hipster ramen yeah. place or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> not a beefer. The, the, yeah, the, the thing about beefers have are their their best ability is their ability to just kind of cut loose. Well, they got be so... to them too, man. Yeah, if that's the thing about a beefer. You got to have like. You got to have like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of good foods out there, man. There's a lot of good cuts of meat, but there's something about eating a really good piece of beef, man. Mm -hmm. Like the best people that cook beef cook it because they want to bring out the best in what beef flavor naturally has to offer. This is a great analogy. Very you're, well you're adding to this yeah. analogy really and well. So a beefer, if you're a beefer as a person, <laughs> you got inherent grit and flavor. <laughs> and Holy <bunk>. shit. <laughs> and Tarantino... <laughs> He's got nah. flavor, but it's not beef, man. This is fantastic. <laughs> it's not beef. Great content. All right, what's next? Tears for Fears. <sighs> I'm going to have to say not beefer. We are in disagreement. Yeah, it seems, I think on the, the Tears for Fears, Phil Collins <laughs> element, there's, there's an appreciation for, for 80s music. Uh, that yeah. we quite we're not quite on the same page on. I would say the 80s were probably one of the least beefy eras. 
You see, again, I think we're in some oh, disagreement so there. I am not. An, to, to be fair, on on the level, I am not an '80s fan. Yeah, I, I as much as it's, it's is more of like Eric is. It, no, I like there's the some 80s. sort of like metaphorical thing I like about the '80s, or not metaphorical, but uh, it's hard to describe. But basically, you know, I completely understand why you'd say that, and I think you're you're okay. But Lost Beat <laughs> Six <laughs> official stance: Tears for Fears and Phil Collins both beefing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but there's not enough time to explain it. No, I, I get it. Okay. I get it. All right. Well, who's what's next? Woody Allen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh shit! Woody Allen. Oh, I love Woody Allen, man. I don't He's know. Great. It's kind of a tough one. I'm gonna have to say. I'm gonna have to <laughs> say Beefer. I'm gonna have to say Beefer because he's got a grit. He's got a potency. I think it's a very urban kind of beef. But I do think it's beef. I will go with beef on that. I mean, dude, the dude had a sandwich named after him <laughs> at the Carnegie Deli it's in New York true. City, dude. I, I can, How much I can more beefy that. does it get than that, dude? It's a very different kind of beef than Willie, it's but a, it still is beef. It's a very good argument. We came out of this with a slight disagreement. What? Really? It's the neuroticness. I, it's, it's the, it's, I think this was our toughest one. Yeah. Well, you you, re- you said more of like a beta bitch sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, yeah. Woody, Woody Allen's a great guy, but yeah. <laughs> Normally, when you think of beefer, you don't think of that. But uh. see, I think of this kind of beef as like a pastrami sandwich kind of beef, man. Like, you know, like there's a lot going on. You got like coleslaw and you got rye bread, which is kind of a strange thing to combine with that kind of hardcore beef. Yeah, yeah. But still is beef and very hardcore beef. But a totally different end of the beef spectrum from like Texas brisket, man. I mean, we're we're talking about a whole other animal, whole other kind of treating of this beef, man. But still beef. I would I, have I, to I, say I, I love this answer. This is yeah. I would have to honestly, go with beef. honestly, your defenses for these disagreements are really well stated. <laughs> yeah. So like, I can't like, I can't just say nope, sorry, wrong, false. Like, this is actually really good. You're doing great. That was uh, a hard one, though. I could yeah. see where you guys would go with not beefer on that one. Yeah. But, I mean, the dude had a sandwich named after him, the Carnegie Deli, man. I forgot about sandwich, That's very true. Dude. I did yeah, forget we, about we, this. We weren't, I don't think we were thinking about that. <laughs> and I, I've, I've actually was able, lucky enough to go to the Carnegie Deli. I did not order that, though. Wait, I can, to... I, can I show you guys something in, in, uh, in, in Woody's defense? All right. It'll just take two seconds. Sure. Go, go ahead and queue up the next one okay. while, while we're while, while uh, we're. So we got Dave, Phil, Tears for Fears, Willie Nelson. This is great, man. I love this topic. This, yeah, I think we're. <laughs> this is. I think this is going to be. We're going to keep this one, especially for. You have to have like a beef. All, you have to have somebody who's actually like a beef pro, though. Really. I, yeah, that's a very good point because this, this was a. If you don't know your beef, man, <laughs> you really can't say. Okay, number nine is anime. <laughs> Anime? These are funny as fuck. You guys <laughs> anime? Uh, anime. Truth I'm trying to think of how it could be beefer. Nah, not, not, not Eric beefer. might. Eric might have to explain this one because it's a little more... I cannot do explain this. It has to be from Eric. I don't think I could explain it to you. <laughs> what, I don't think it could be explained to how someone. How did you land on that? Yeah, I like the Tears for Fears and the Phil Collins thing. Like, I just don't think it will make sense to Ted if I explain it. Like, Basically, he just does not like the see the same thing. The summer, I mean, I'd love like, to be able to express it, but you're, it like very, the, you're very, a lot better at expressing <laughs> your defenses I, for your opinions. I'm like trying to think. I mean, is there I like, is there a lot of guys who are beefers who have whacked it to anime? It's, you know, I'm sure. I don't doubt that. <laughs> you know? There's a lot of great anime porn out there. So, like, the, okay, it now exists. Here's, here's my defense for Woody. Now, I, just for the people who aren't seeing this picture, I'm showing them a picture, and I'm going to explain what it is after I show it to them. This is a picture of me holding a Woody Allen sandwich. <laughs> This is a Woody Allen sandwich. I ha- I've seen that picture. I, I, I sent it to myself okay. saying, "Look who's beefing it." This is a picture. I, I already said. This is a picture of me holding literally a sandwich that I can barely hold in my hand. I think I quoted because there's say, beef so that, much beef. I think I quoted that on your Instagram. I commented saying, "Beef that shit up." I, I think that's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> All right, that's what's good. what's next? Okay, um, so we're gonna play you a video, and yeah. then you're gonna tell me if it's beefing or not. Yeah, you're gonna decide. All right. The father, the son, and don't forget the Holy Spirit. Hey, let me tell you something that you might have missed about a dude named 
Vintage 2008 from New Rounds. Actually, was come on scoop that's coming up next. Oh, nice. So we'll give you two, just because I can't, I couldn't remember what the the one was. Scoop, Fred's in the other room trying to kill himself. I'm gonna do it, Shaggy. I need to get in there and help him. I'm gonna freaking do it, Shaggy. Scoop, help me break the door down. I know what you want. What? I know what you want, Shaggy. You want to make a big sandwich. No, come on, school. No, Shaggy, that's what you want. You want to take a big stack of bread and a big stack of salami and shuffle them all together like a deck of cards and make a big sandwich. No, come on, school. No, Shaggy, that's what you want. Yeah, you want to make a big sandwich. Your honest opinion, Mark on, M. On what, what, what am I? What am beef I or, saying? On Mark beef M. Not. Beef or not? On on who? Uh, on Mark the M. merits of those two videos that he made and wrote the songs oh, for. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, that made it. I would I would say Beefer for sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. This this that this, was yeah, that was an think, obvious one. I think we agreed uh, when we were humor. It's got a total vibe. Yeah. So a lot of the humor that we've you know had on the show has been you know. uh Certainly inspired or even, you know, ripped off from this guy here, Mark M, and his uh, sick animation brand. They're just fucking great. I, I would check him out if you're down for some really weird shit, because he goes all over the place. Great lyrics. But just super clever. On him? What was that? Where'd you guys come up on him? Uh, I found it through him. Through yeah, him. I stumbled upon him, I think, when I was in sixth grade, and it was, it was on Newgrounds, so it was like 2004. And, like, all of his videos at the time were just, like, really gay shit. And I was like, oh, God, what the fuck? And then, like, I didn't realize that there was humor layered in there. So he was just doing it as, like, a spoof. And then it gradually had less, like, overly gay shit. <laughs> but, like, he talks a lot about dicks. Yeah, no, it's, like, really, like, toilet humor at the beginning. And then just kind of gets more and more clever. Because, you know, he's been doing it for 15 years? No, 14 years. So I, I happened upon it when I was, you know... Yeah, twelve. So just on the internet on Newgrounds. Wow, he's got one point one million views. Jesus. Yeah. No, he's he's fucking great. Like that may not have been the best explanation of what he's about, but you can see from those two videos, really clever lyrics. You know. No, I, I got like, the vibe. Yeah. Yeah, that was also the clincher. So if for some reason, like everything else was not going. The this is for all the marbles question. Oh yeah, I think thing. we were gonna do a live tally, and then maybe that was like the tiebreaker or something. No, it was like yeah, we'll just like you know, like, yeah. Oh yeah, if you kept it. answering wrong, we were like, okay, you can you can win it back with a with a <laughs> with an answer on this one. But honestly, this turned out this was way. This was actually a lot better than the way because the way you were explaining things. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking. Was not awesome. exactly the way we were anticipating, which turned out really well. Well, it's kind of a wide interpretation question. It is. It is. 
you know. Beefinit, I think, has a very... It is... The, the biggest trouble with me is just explaining how yeah, I, I, it works. I have, I have trouble doing it. And it's it's just something we just... I get it. Yeah. Well, you're I mean, in, I think dude. I do. Yeah. I well, think you get... Easily 95% of it. The 5% that didn't get Phil Collins and Tears for Fears, I don't blame for you. I don't blame you for it. Those the, the 80s or the 5%? Yeah, and, and well, I mean, anime is probably a good 50% of it, so I mean. There were we'll, some beefers in the 80s. I mean, you had like, who, who were like the big heavy hitter beefers in the 80s? Paul, Sting? Paul Simon. He was kind of a beefer. Sting's kind of a beefer. Let's see. 80s beefers. Would you think Sting's a beefer? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like Sting's Sting's great, but you know. What about Guns and Roses? Beefer or not? Beefer? I feel no. like they they're too too silly and like like derpy. You know, I never not yeah. not the right silly. It's a little more. I found you know it's a little too tryhardy sometimes. Who else? Who else? 80s was like a borderline beefer. Electric Light Orchestra. That's the late well, did 70s. they have that? was like, did they have stuff in the 80s? I guess they probably must have, huh? You know, yeah, yeah. So I know most of VLO is in the seventies, or maybe I'm thinking wrong. Could be. Uh, okay, what about what about this Steely Dan? I would say Beefers. I would say Beefers. Those guys could fucking play. Yeah, yeah. yeah they didn't give a shit too. either. They're like, we're gonna do whatever we want. Yeah, they stopped uh, stopped touring for thirty years or something. Yeah, well, like, we're, okay, we got Gaucho and uh, fuck it, and then Fagan shows up with the Nightfly and and Kamakiri. And I like stuff. the Nightfly. I like that album. You know. So he just they those those are two guys that just did whatever they wanted. My brother loves Steely Dan. He's a really big Steely Dan fan. Yeah. Well, what's so, left, man? Yeah, I, no, I, I think we we mastered it. This is a fucking yeah, great pod. We've, we've learned as well. So well, that's cool. definitely what I came away. Uh, how was your experience on this pod? I think. I think oh, it was great. You we want to make great, sure man. that this is like Thank you. a very great, pleasurable good dinner, experience. fun talk. Awesome. I like the beef, the beefer, not beefer. I think we're gonna keep. So yeah, that, that's just, that one. We, we were demoing it, and it's definitely. It was yeah. good starting with Willie Nelson. Is a, <laughs> you're gonna ease you into it. That's yeah. pretty easy, but he's like, like is Punish Steve a beefer? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, what cool. about this? What about? Let me ask you guys one. Who is the biggest beefer of 2017? <sighs> 2017. Oh. You guys, a 2017. We usually do a thing. Beefer of the year. Beefer of that's shit. Damn. I have to really go up, scroll back the year. I mean, because we for a while we used to do a thing called Beef of the Week. Yeah, we would have and, that. And but Beef of the Year, that's that's a fucking good one. Ted Cruz is up there for his recent porno site. He had Beef and Moment of the Year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there, there hasn't been a lot of beefing lately. 2017 is a yeah. down year for beefers. We thought it was going to be the summer of memes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... That's certainly been proven to be true. <laughs> yeah. Memes are everywhere. The summer of memes, 50 years after the summer of love. That's <laughs> the way it's supposed to work, right? Um, exactly. Uh, I'd have to really... I'm trying to think of in what field did someone really like stand out. <laughs> and I'm not thinking of anything. You know? It might be a, a year where the award wasn't given out. <laughs> I'm sure there's something out there that has yeah. it's deserving of it. But it's like, did you guys ever see that thing that they used to do? It was like it was like the anti Oscars. It was like where they would hand out like worst actor of the year. Oh yeah, the res- worst the raspberries. Yeah, yeah. And they gave um, Tom Green got worst actor and worst movie of the year for Freddie Got Fingered, <laughs> and he showed up to receive the award. <laughs> yeah. You know what happened was. Uh, the year That's great. I thought that was so funny. The year Sandra Bullock won for best actor actress, she knew she was gonna win, and so she also knew she was gonna win the Razzie for the, at the same time. She's the only actress to win best actor and worst actor in the same year. <laughs> so did she show up? She showed up because she 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 could take the joke. Like yeah, she, you know, like something about Steve or some all about Steve. I guess was the movie. God, what would be for the year be? Hey, you guys are supposed to be the beefologists, man. Yeah, we really know. we really should know this. Psychedelic space beef band? <laughs> Us. We're, we're the are. Beaver Your of the own year. band? <laughs> it has to be a single person. It can't be a band. Yeah. It's like, you know, a Time Magazine does person. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, we should, hey, give us give us three months. It'll be on the website. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, we'll have an yeah. article. Beef of the year. It's true. Um, That's something we should probably focus on for week as well. You could put that up. Beefer and Queefer yeah, of the I, week. I've been, I've, I've been behind on Beefer this. and Queefer. Yeah. We'll also have Queefer of the Year. We, we all know who Queefer of the Year is. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's Queefer of the Decade. <laughs> he's Queefing on a whole, a whole other level. Yeah. It's... I... <laughs> 
I love that whole line of like I, I haven't shown you this yet, but we wrote the psychedelic I wrote the psychedelic space beef boogie at the very end of Meet the Beefers, which I'll show you later. And it's essentially like the first three minutes are basically just quotes of all these queefers from like oh yeah like they're all Fox like news Fox and News and analysts that are just like YouTubers and YouTubers shit. who are just complaining about just endless complaining. Our generation sucks. Yeah, Ugh. it's just like I hate that kind of shit. Yeah, and it's just like the just the world. Anyway, oh, we're, we're, let's wrap this up. I want to thank you so much. Who would you like to see on the show? Um, I want to know who you call somebody out. And we'll, we'll, we'll reach like out to, to them. I'd no, really, who would you like to get? I who do you want to see on go show? through this experience? Uh, Neil Young would be pretty cool. Ooh, okay, I think be. I think we can get in touch Neil with Young. his agent. Yeah, we'll call his people. Yeah, I think Neil would be good. I also think um, I, I would like uh, raz the fuck out of Neil. Like kind of like uh, <laughs> Obama. You know, I think Obama would be good. <laughs> that that'd be the best. <laughs> He'd actually do it. He's done between two ferns. He I feel like Obama would beef it hard. I, yeah, he would. He's definitely a beefer. He's a beefer. Oh yeah. Like, like, you know, it's it's almost sad to have a president who just doesn't actually is hating on sports more than he is actually, you know, yeah. digging it. I mean, Obama just went chalk, but he fucking made a bracket. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. But like actual people, like obtainable people. Actually, that was. We, <laughs> I mean, we'd, we'd like too. that, too. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, if you, you actually wanna... got the idea of who do you want to see on the show? Sure. That was actually one of the questions. Is is both obtainable and non and slightly less obtainable people? Slightly. I wouldn't say they're non-obtainable, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we can call them up and say what they're, just, they're not dead. Just no. go down Mark Maron's roster of who he's having on his show and just get all those people. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mark Maron; he's funny. You should get Mark Maron on the pod. Yeah, get Mark Maron. Yeah, that would yeah, be the go. ultimate. That would be the what great. What the fuck is this? Great. You feed me? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Some sort of. Cult experience? Yes, do it. <laughs> Just beef that Just shit up. Just beef it up, motherfucker. So. Cool, man. Anyway, thanks again, Ted, for, oh, for, a, for doing this. My and, pleasure, Stephen. And thanks, John, for doing the early thing. And, and uh, thank you, Eric, for, yeah. for providing for all doing your doing one episode sober. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went okay. I got the sober episode. Yeah, yeah, that was unfortunate. Normally they're somewhere where I can crash. Right.